Good morning. Good morning. I feel like there's a challenge because we've already had a Holy, Holy Spirit-filled day. I don't know that I can do anything to add to it. But I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Amen. And you're going to sit there and listen and like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope. So we've been going through a series on being still, being still with God. And in this, in this season, that can feel impossible. We've got so many things going on. I've got presents to buy. I've got presents to wrap. I've got the house to clean. I've got 30 Christmas parties that I signed up to help with. I've got family coming to stay with me, and I have no room for them. I have no time. I have no energy. It is crucial for us to be still and take time with God. Being still with God gives our soul time to rest, time to get renewed. In Psalms 46.10 it says, Be still and know that I am God. Not be still because Josh, you're God and you can take care of this. No, be still. I am the Lord. I have this. I think this is the perfect series for us to be going through right now, especially for me. I have a hard time being still. Even when we're at home and we're sitting on the couch and Cynthia and I are trying to watch a show together, I have to be doing something. I'll pull the laundry basket out and I'm folding clothes while we're watching the show. I can't just sit and be still. As 2023 comes to an end, are you are you looking back and trying to see what you have what you've accomplished or maybe what you haven't? Are you looking forward to 2024 and what you will accomplish? Things you want to do? Do you have a vision for it? Or do you not even know what you're going to do today when you walk out these doors? It's, it's good to have a vision. It's good to, to have things that you want to accomplish. It takes discipline. It takes discipline to say, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. But we need to be still and listen for God. God has a vision for you. And you don't need to fill up your calendar and then pencil God in. Say, okay, God, I'll make time for you on February 30th. That's my only free day this year. No, we need to take time and say, Lord, what do you have for me this year? What are your plans? And vision doesn't do any good without purpose. If you don't have a purpose, your vision is going to be way off the mark. show this by if I were to hire a structural engineer and I have a building in my mind that serves a purpose but I don't tell him what the purpose is if I just say build me a building when he's finished it's not going to match 
the purpose that I have in my mind. We can do that right now. I want each of you to think of a building. I have a purpose in my mind, and I want to see if your building comes anywhere near what my purpose is. Richard, do you have a building? You have one in your head? Yeah. What is it? My home. Your home. Okay, Richard's home. That's not going to fit my purpose. Carol, do you have a building in your head? What's your building? Uh, empty Sears building over at the mall. <laughs> that, that's not going to work either. Okay. So the purpose I had in my mind was air traffic control. I can't control where airplanes go from Richard's house. <laughs> I can't direct traffic from an empty Sears building. I need a tower with a 360 view that can see things coming and going. Neither of those buildings fit that purpose. They were made without knowing the purpose. There was a vision, but not the purpose. God has a purpose for us. God made each one of us on purpose, and he made each one of us for a purpose. And my purpose is not the same as your purpose. Your purpose is not the same as their purpose. So God's vision for my life isn't going to be the same as the vision he has for your life. So how do we find that purpose? We need to be still. We need to be listening. Spend time with God. Spend time with the Word. He'll let you know that purpose. And as you spend more time with Him, your heart is going to align with His, and He's going to put that vision in your heart. When your hearts are aligned, yours and God's, that vision is going to come into focus. So you'll be able to put purpose to the vision. Let's turn to Luke and read about someone that God gave a great purpose to. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among all women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I don't know a man? 
And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. But this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Let it be to me according to your word. Like Mary, God created each one of us on purpose and for a purpose. And God has a vision for how you're going to achieve that purpose. In Psalm 139, 16 and 17, you say, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. Not just your thoughts on everyone else. How precious are your thoughts on me. God has a plan for you, and in that plan, we will find rest, and we will find favor. Your purpose is going to advance the kingdom in ways that you can't even imagine. And the enemy doesn't want you to succeed. He is going to throw everything he has at you just to keep you from advancing. He doesn't care if you fall back. He just doesn't want you advance. Because if you advance, you take ground from him and you add to the kingdom. <clears throat> he wants to keep you tired. He wants to keep you distracted. He wants to keep you so busy <clears throat> that you lose focus of that vision that God has for you. In part one of this series, we learn that the enemy tries to steal our peace by keeping us busy and in a frantic mental or a frantic mindset. With our minds going a million miles an hour and our bodies struggling to keep up, everything gets out of focus. We are in a spiritual battle and we're unaware of all the tactics that the enemy is going to use to try and make us fall. There are three common traps that he uses. The first one is doubt and negative thoughts. In verse 34 of our story about Mary, she asked, how can this be? That wasn't a question of doubt. That was a question of, Lord, I hear what you're telling me. Bring the vision into focus for me. Show me what the plan is. I'm on board. Just show me what the plan is. I believe what you're telling me. I accept what you're telling me. Show me the way. When God reveals vision to us, don't respond with doubt. Don't reflect on your insecurities. Don't reflect on your failures. Don't reflect on your disappointments. Those are all burdens that you were never intended to carry. God says that we're his sheep. He doesn't say that we're his pack mules that are intended to carry these heavy things. Sheep are not beasts of burden. They serve a different purpose. Yeah. 
So how do we let go of these burdens? We need to have a disciplined mind. We need to capture those thoughts. We need to submit them before God. We need to renew our minds by getting into his word, regularly reading the Bible, hearing the promises that he has for us. Get rid of those thoughts. Be renewed in his peace so that you can receive the vision that he has for you. The second tactic the enemy uses is distraction and deceit. How easy is it for distraction to enter our school? <laughs> How easy is it for distraction to enter our lives? No matter how close we are with God, the enemy is always watching. He's waiting for an opportunity to pounce. If we look back at Adam and Eve, they walk daily with God. They talk to him all the time. And the serpent was still able to get in there and plant that seed of deceit. 1 Peter 5.8 Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What are some of the distractions that you struggle with? Maybe it's scrolling through social media. Maybe it's gaming. Maybe it's staying busy to avoid problems. Maybe it's taking on other people's problems to avoid your own. Maybe it's shopping because new things make you feel good. Maybe it's gossip because somebody else's drama sounds more interesting than what's going on in your life. The list goes on and on. I've had, and I still have, more than a couple that God's working on me with. Staying busy to avoid problems. Playing games on my phone. Shopping to make myself feel better. If I buy this new tool, I can do my job even better than I did before. Gluttony. I, you know, I've struggled with that one a little bit. These are things that I've struggled with and that God is working on in my life. And the devil's had a few thousand people, a few thousand years to watch people and learn our weaknesses, to learn our tics, to find that little opening. And he's got us pretty well figured out. If this destruction's worked once before, he'll try and make it work again. How do we avoid distraction? We have to put God above everything else. Let's take a look at another Mary in the Bible. We'll go to Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. So Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken from her. See, Jesus had come into their house. And he was sharing with them. And instead of sitting, 
Martha said, I have to get all these chores done before I can spend time with God. Mary said, God is here now. I want to soak him up. All those other things that I need to do can wait. Martha knew exactly where Jesus was. But she was focused on those other things that needed to get done. Mary knew all the other things that needed to get done. But she knew what came first. The third tactic that the enemy uses is fear and worry. Fear and worry come to all of us. Even the most devout followers fall to fear and worry. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed how easy it is to justify your fear? Lord, I can't get up here and talk. I get tongue-tied. My thoughts get all jumbled. I can't think straight. I can't speak clearly. Lord, I can't pray for my healing when I know that there are so many others out there that are hurting worse than I am. Lord, I can't go pray for this person because I don't know the right words to say. Lord, I can't go where you're sending me because that's a different town, that's a different state, that's a different country. I don't know anybody there. I have no job lined up. I don't know the area. Housing is too expensive. I can't go. We see the same excuses throughout the Bible. Moses is saying he doesn't speak well, so you can't send me to, to deliver Israel out of Egypt. Don't send me. Send somebody else. Jonah is saying, I can't go to Nineveh. They'll kill me as soon as I get to the gates. They don't want to hear the message I have for them. Elijah. Elijah, who had just seen the miraculous works of God, gets a little bit of hate mail, and he flees to the wilderness. I want to spend some time on that last one. Elijah mocked the false god Baal. He had set up this contest of gods. Let's put out two sacrifices. I'll let all the false prophets pick the sacrifices. We're going to build an altar. And then we're going to offer them to God. Whichever sacrifice gets burnt up first, that God is the true God. You can guess which one burnt up first. <laughs> My God is the true God. Elijah's God is the true God. After that, he had all the false prophets killed. Queen Jezebel didn't appreciate that. That kind of threw a chink in her plan. <laughs> so she wrote a letter to Elijah saying, By this time tomorrow, I will have you captured and I will have you destroyed. Not just killed, destroyed. There's going to be no evidence that you were here. And Elijah, who had just killed 450 false prophets, Elijah, who had just seen God send down a pillar of fire, burn up a sacrifice that was soaked in water, and it was burnt till there was nothing left, was afraid, and he fled to the wilderness. 
How did God respond to Elijah's fear? He say, you ran away. I'll use somebody else. No. God met Elijah where he was. He met Elijah in the wilderness. He said, right now you're overcome with fear. Let's take a break. Let's rest. Let's renew your spirit. Let's grow this relationship back. He restored Elijah. He dealt with his fear. He cleared it away. What do we do when we face fear? We turn to Jesus. Amen. We seek his presence. Psalm 34, 4 and 5. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He didn't wait, he answered me. And he delivered me from my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. So how do we overcome fear and worry? Psalm 55, 2, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Psalm 18, 6 and 7, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can men do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. <clears throat> A while back, I told you that at the leadership conference, I had received some visions and some words from God. I shared one of those with you. That while I was there, we were, we were worshiping him. I had my eyes closed and the Lord said, I want you to evict the enemy. And I was standing there and I knew God was behind me and I could see the enemy in front of me. And God put an eviction notice in my hand. He said, deliver this to the enemy. It was God's word, his authority, but he wanted me to use it. He wanted me to deliver it to the enemy. He wanted me to push the enemy back. He gave me the vision of what to do. He gave me the purpose. And I did. I handed it to the enemy. And the enemy had to step back. Mm -hmm. He was evicted from that space. And then God pushed me forward to claim it. So now the enemy can't retake it. We can do that with fear. And actually, I want us to do that right now. Let's all stand up, if you will. I want you to close your eyes and picture a fear, a worry, a lie, a distraction, whatever it is, you picture it in front of you. Now God, our mighty God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Heavenly Father is standing behind you. He has his vast army of angels behind you. The Holy Spirit is living within you. Jesus Christ is covering you. You have God in all three persons right there with you. And now God is handing you an eviction notice to give to that fear, to give to that doubt. So I want you to take your hand, reach it behind you, Grab that eviction notice from the bar. 
That is his word. It holds all his power. It holds all his authority. And it's now in your hand. And now, deliver it to the enemy. Reach your hand out. Release it and give it to the enemy. Watch the enemy respond. He has a notice that says he has to leave. And there is no going against what God has told him to do. So now he has to step back. That's right. And now you step forward. That space that he left, you step forward and you claim it. Fear, you have no place here. You are gone. Doubt, you have no place here. You are gone. Deceit, you have no place here. You are gone. I claim this area. I claim this space. I claim this ground in Jesus' name. It is no longer yours. You have no authority here. This belongs to my King of Kings. He does not surrender ground. He does not back down. He does not retreat. He only knows victory. He already has the victory, and I claim it in his name. Now let's surrender this to the Lord. We claim this crown for him. We claim this area of our life for him. Let's turn and give it to him. Lord, I thank you for this victory. I thank you that by your authority, fear has been cast out. Lord, I surrender this area of my life to you. Where there was darkness before, let your light shine and drive out the shadows of fear, shadows of doubt, shadows of distraction that would look to consume me. Father, I receive the rest and the peace that you have for me. I thank you that there is nowhere that I can go that you won't be with me. Lord, even when I fall to fear, when I fall to doubt, when I fall to distraction, Lord, I will remember that you are there and you are calling me to turn back to you. I put my whole trust in you, in your vision, and in your purpose that you have put in my life. I thank you that you believe in me. And that you have placed your favor on me. I love you, Lord. You alone are worthy of all the honor. You are worthy of all the glory. You alone are worthy of all my praise, Lord. And in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you, and I offer up my life. I offer up my love to you, Lord. Amen. Do you feel that burden of fear leaving? Do you feel that burden being unloaded from you? You gave it to God. Now he's taking it, he's casting it aside. Have your rest now. You can be seated. Do you 
you feel the anointing of God's favor on you? That he's saying, my child, you are highly favored. Let's talk about favor for a minute. I'm sorry, I already know that I'm over time. It's just going to be a little bit longer. But this is important. I'm not going to cut it out. I want to talk about favor for a minute. Do you know what favor really is? Doesn't mean that you're his favorite and that you're going to have an easy life, that things are going to be handed to you. No. Think about your hands. If you're right handed, that's your favorite hand. If you're left handed, that is your favorite hand. That favorite hand does more for you than the other does. You use that one often. He's calling you highly favored. That means God is going to use you. I know what favor means. It means there's going to be more responsibility. There's going to be more ask of me. But it means that there's going to be more, more blessing on those things that I'm called to do. Favor isn't always something that I look forward to. Being favored at work means I'm the first one that they call if something breaks. And maybe that means a little overtime. Maybe that means getting called in on the weekend and I don't appreciate that. But when God calls you highly favored and he gives you a call and you submit and you do that work, He's going to put blessing on you. And you're going to get to see miracles done. You're going to see others be blessed. You're going to see signs and wonders that you can't even imagine. If we look back at Luke 1, verse 30, it says, Mary, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Mary found favor, and he put a calling on her heart. And she didn't shrink away. She said, I am your servant. Let everything you have said come to pass for me. I know that if I were in her shoes, that calling would have been too much for me. I would have said, Lord, I can't. I'm a teenage girl, pregnant, out of wedlock. What is my fiance going to say? He's not going to take me. If I say this baby's the son of God, he's not going to believe me. If I say the Lord's calling you to raise him as your own, he's going to turn and walk away. What will my family say? My family will say, look how you have shamed us. Being pregnant out of wedlock. What will my in-laws say? They will cast me out. They will not allow their son to marry me. What will the village say? The village will call me a harlot. They will chase me out of the city. Those are just things that I thought of in the first two minutes. How many more fears would grow in that nine months if you weren't trusting in God. But she said, I am the Lord's servant. 
Let it come to pass. Bring it on, God. I'm ready. You gave me this calling. You put this vision in front of me. I see it. I'm going to see it through. That was her response. And God saw it through. And he was with her the entire way. And not only that, but he brought her husband on board. And he was there the entire way. And her family, and his family, and the peoples of Israel, and the nations of the world were all blessed because she said, yes, God, I will, I will accept this purpose. I will follow your vision. May we all respond like Mary when God puts a calling on us. Are you ready to receive his favor? Because I can tell you it won't be easy. But it is rewarding. Are you willing to trust in his perfect plan? I want to call Stan and Carol to come up. I want to ask Pastor Steve and Jan to come up. We're going to pray. And if you, if you need some specific prayer in your life over some distractions, over some doubts, over some fears, I want you to come up and I want you to pray with them. But we're gonna we're gonna pray this right now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have called me favored. Thank you for the calling that you have put on my life. Lord, today I put all of my faith and all of my trust in you. <coughs> Wherever you tell me to go, I will go. What you tell me to do, I will do. Lord, I hold on to your promise of never leaving nor forsaking me. I will rest in your peace and in the knowledge that there is nothing, nothing beyond you. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are my Father. You are my dearest friend. I give you my whole life to use. I am your servant. I look forward to seeing your kingdom grow. And I'm thankful that I get to be a part of it. I love you, Lord. May everything that you have said over me come to pass. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> if you need specific prayer over your life, if you are having trouble bringing that vision into focus, if you are struggling with all the distractions, with all the, the snares that the enemy has, that he's trying to entangle you in, if you need help breaking through that, Please come up and pray with us. Let's break those. Let's destroy those snares. Let's cut through them. Let's bring that vision into focus so you can see what the Lord has for us highly 
favorite child in you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.